Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, June 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A scandal continues to rock one of Japan's most well-known companies, and the head of the Federal Trade Commission is expected to give big tech companies a run for their money. But first, the Federal Reserve signaled that it will raise U.S. interest rates earlier than it had previously indicated. We'll take a look at that decision and how investors responded. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It looks like the rock-bottom interest rates the Fed set during the pandemic are going to go up in 2023. The U.S. Central Bank wrapped up its June meeting yesterday, and it predicted there would be not one, but two rate increases in 2023. This is a big swing from the Fed's March meeting when it predicted these low rates would stick around until at least 2024. Here to help explain the Fed's move is the FT's U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith. Um, I think in a lot of ways it has to do with the changing um, forecasts for economic growth coming down the pipeline this year and uh, into 2023. What Fed officials indicated yesterday in their forecasts was that growth was going to be significantly stronger than they had penciled in just as recently as March. Um, The unemployment rate was going to kind of drop down to 4.5%. Core inflation was going to pick up faster than they initially thought. So taking together, all of this indicates that the time is going to come in the in the near future for the ultra easy monetary policy to be scaled back to a certain extent. Now, this there a lot still has to happen before we get to this 2023 uh, timeline. And Chair Powell was very explicit in his comments yesterday not to read too much into these interest rate projections, um, which are put forward in this thing called the dot plot. He says to kind of take the dot plot with a grain of salt. It isn't an official Fed forecast. It's simply individual projections from the various Fed officials. But of course, it was a major signal to the market and had a pretty substantial market reaction. Yeah. And in fact, we saw government bond yields jump and U.S. equities slide after the Fed's meeting yesterday. Um, Why did we see that reaction? Yeah, so uh, the the move was definitely most pronounced in the the U.S. government bond market. Um, We saw yields tick higher um, basically across all treasury maturities. But in particular, the move was very pronounced for five-year treasuries and seven-year treasuries. Those had been pretty kind of steady um, since the beginning of the year in a way um, and are are much more sensitive to monetary policy adjustments than, let's say, um, you know, the 10 year or the 30 year bond. And that was a reflection of um, investors kind of repricing to this idea that the Fed was going to potentially be raising interest rates a little bit faster than expected. For many months now, uh, market measures of interest rate expectations have been a bit earlier than what the Fed has acknowledged. And uh, Wednesday really marked the first time that you had someone as important as the chairman, um, Jay Powell, speak in a, in a similar way about the economic outlook and, and the need for normalization at some point in the near future um, in a way that he really hadn't in the past. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. One of Japan's most well-known brands, Toshiba, has been lurching from one corporate crisis to the next. The latest is a messy battle with activist investors. Unlike really quite a lot of large Japanese companies, Toshiba has a very, very high number of very aggressive activists right at the top of its shareholder register. 
That's the FT's Leo Lewis. He's been following this drama, which started at last year's annual meeting. Certain activists urged shareholders to vote against the CEO, Nobuaki Kuromatani. And the recent troubles, the reason that Toshiba is back in the news now, is that what has been discovered is that Kuromatani, who survived that AGM vote, he seems to have done so in what this independent report decided was an unfair process. This independent report, Leo mentions, was something those activist shareholders demanded. It found that Toshiba colluded with the government to thwart the activist investors. It was a damning report full of, as Leo puts it, villains. Nobody comes out of it looking good. There are government officials who seem to have been deliberately leaning on activist investors. There seem to have been Toshiba executives who were colluding with the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry, METI's officials. One of the phrases that came out of this was, you know, can you beat up these activists for a while? That was a request from Toshiba's executives to the METI officials. Obviously, the now ex-CEO of uh, Toshiba, Kurumatani, he comes out of this looking terrible. The prime minister, uh, Yoshihide Suga, is mentioned. He was not prime minister at the time. He was the chief cabinet secretary. He seems to have been at least well aware of what was going on, on at Toshiba. And I think that one of the effects of the report is is to look more broadly and say, look, this is just a horrible signal of just how badly a company with bad governance can go. And the findings may not just reflect badly on Toshiba. It could affect corporate Japan as a whole. I think the problem that one has reading this report is that there's nothing that you can really point to in the behavior of the government on this that tells you that they wouldn't have done it with another company. It's very little in the report to make you think, yeah, definitely this is only a Toshiba thing. You think it's much more general. And once you're in the mode of thinking there's an anti-shareholder vibe that follows through from corporate Japan to the ministry in government that is is most closely involved with corporate Japan, METI, then you, you start thinking, well, okay, if they don't believe in all the stuff they've been saying about progress on governance, then why should we? And I think that's going to be the conclusion of quite a lot of people who bother to go through this report, because it, it really does make pretty grim reading if you choose to take it as a, as a broader look at Japan. Leo Lewis is the FT's Asia business editor. Big tech companies, especially Amazon, are likely to be digesting the news that Lena Khan is the new chair of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission. President Joe Biden tapped the 32-year-old law school professor to the position earlier this week, shortly after the Senate confirmed her seat on the commission. The FT's Dave Lee says big tech companies aren't super excited about the move. These companies are looking at this appointment as as FTC chair as very, very disruptive. I mean, they're, they're very concerned that this signals a much more aggressive FTC and a much more aggressive FTC, of course, uh, is a big problem for these companies. Khan has argued for reframing the discussion of antitrust in a way that doesn't see low prices as a sign that markets are working. Khan wrote a paper on Amazon a few years ago that lays this all out. Well, one of the things she's particularly focused on, at least based on what she's written previously, is when companies have a sort of broad control over 
many stages of, of a business, i.e. in Amazon's case, not only is Amazon selling on its store, it's also hosting other sellers and competing with them. It's also making it much more favorable to use Amazon's logistics if you're selling on Amazon, because if you do that, you get preferential treatment within the store, you're, you know, you're, you're higher up the rankings. And so Khan's argument to date has been that this is unfair competition. Amazon has too much control over each of these stages. Um, but ultimately, I think you know what this will show from Lena Khan is that she's looking to dissect these businesses and separate these vertical control over many parts of the process, and 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 that's something we haven't seen before, really, from from the FTC. Dave Lee is our San Francisco correspondent. He reports on Amazon for the FT. Before we go, a word from Harry Stebbings. He's the 24-year-old host of the tech investing podcast, The 20-Minute VC. Welcome back to 20 VC with me, Harry Stebbings. Now, I just love doing this show today, a very real conversation about what truly great leadership means. Stebbings dropped out of law school to launch his show six years ago in his mom's kitchen, apparently to help pay for his mom's medical fees. Now, after years of interviewing venture capitalists, Stebbings is becoming one himself. He raised $8 million last year and just secured $140 million more in new funds to back startups. It's not a career change, though. Stebbings will keep doing his podcast, but he tells entrepreneurs, just because I invest in your company doesn't mean I'm going to have you on the show. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.